The unpopularity of the two major party candidates in the 2016 election has led to a lot of people exploring other options of political philosophy in which they can support. Currently, the largest of those quote-unquote other options is the Libertarian Party. What? So in this podcast episode, we're going to be exploring what exactly libertarians believe. So what is a libertarian? Is that like one of them people that's got all them books and stuff? No, Lenny. That's a librarian. Ow. Libertarians are a little bit different. You see, a libertarian is someone who follows the philosophy of libertarianism. But what is that? Well, in its simplest form, we can say that the libertarian philosophy can be defined by liberty. Statue? Meaning freedom from arbitrary or despotic government or control. But that definition pretty much gets us nowhere. Nah. Because there is such a wide range of libertarians, ranging from anarchists to states' rights libertarians. That one word, liberty, barely serves to classify an entire group of people. Sheeple. So how do you sum up the philosophy of libertarianism? Mm -hmm. I know it's difficult, but I have come to the conclusion that there are three Trace. basic foundations that can serve to define all libertarians. Here they are. Foundation number one. Government is inefficient. Very recently in our government's long history of creating inefficient and wasteful programs, someone in Washington decided that it would be a brilliant idea to start a beach restoration program. Ooh. This masterfully crafted plan was initially designed to replenish eroded beaches by pumping thousands of tons of new sand back onto the shores. Sounds great, right? Wrong. The only problem with this little process here is that all the sand that the government laid down just got washed back down into the ocean, taking with it a total of uh, $3 billion of taxpayer money. Yay. But that didn't deter the government. You see, they didn't give up that easy. Yeah, don't the government up. just decided to lay even more sand. And what do you think happened to that layer of sand? Yep, it got washed away into the ocean too. Durr. Wow. So you think our government would kind of wake up at that point and be like, hmm, this program's probably not working. But nope, they just decided to keep laying more sand, even though it keeps getting washed into the ocean. Great idea, right? Yeah. So years and years of laying sand on a beach that just continues to get washed away has led to the waste of over three billion, yes, that's billion, <gasps> with a B, dollars of taxpayer money that just gets washed away to sea. Now, I love this program. Why? Because it's the epitome of a typical government program. So? The original intent is good-natured, but the program turns out to be wasteful and useless once implemented. You also gotta love the symbolism here. Money is almost literally being washed away. Pretty funny, right? Wrong, because that's my money. My money. So unfortunately, Government is full of this inefficiency and waste. This is a problem that can be obvious to assume since lawmakers have the rare opportunity of spending money that is not their own. Think of it this way. Didn't we all spend our parents' money a little bit easier than our own? Our government possesses that same luxury. We're just mommy and daddy, and the government is an 18-year-old sorority girl going on a shopping spree with our credit card. Oh Worst of all, our elected officials are usually praised Yay. for spending more of our money. Oh. Need a new hydroelectric dam here? Yeah. Don't worry. Your senators got your back. What about a $5 billion bridge going to nowhere? Whee. Your congressman will help you out. Need more grant money for your scientific research at the local university? Yeah. Vote for me. 
and I'll get it done. All right. So all of this creates an atmosphere where no one is really held accountable for wasteful and inefficient programs. And taxpayers like you and me are left with a huge bill. Kill bill. This brings me to foundation number two. Government usually only serves its own interests. I'm currently a teacher at an inner city middle school in Georgia, and I love my job teaching, but unfortunately our government has made it their mission to make teaching as difficult as possible. Or at least that's the way it seems. Here's how it works. How? Politicians on both sides of the aisle get elected on promises of bipartisanship in getting something done. And politicians have figured out that education is one of those areas that both sides can compromise on because they can show that they care about the children. the children. But we all know that the politician doesn't actually care about the children. It only cares about getting reelected. So they pass meaningless and bureaucratic education, quote unquote, reforms that only serve to make the jobs of teachers more difficult by filling up our schedules with more worthless meetings and paperwork. Yippee. Politicians then tout their efforts towards improving the school system during their re-election bids and then present skewed statistics to show their programs favor improvement. But really, teachers just have to deal with more bureaucratic baloney, baloney. and have less time to do actual teaching. Then students suffer because their teachers are spending less time preparing for class and more time putting up with the government's nonsense. Blah. As a result, more good teachers leave the education field because they become sick <coughs> of having to deal with the government's idiotic time-wasting programs and top-down regulations that never actually work. Then in the long run, the school system deteriorates due to a lack of high-quality teachers because they all leave. I'm out. So as you can see, politicians actually don't care about the policies that they pass. They only have one concern, preserving and enhancing their own futures. They don't care how much money they spend or how much they technically screw things up as long as they're guaranteed to be re-elected. And even if a politician is not re-elected, it wants to ensure that it has a career after politics. So many times, it will make agreements with large corporations and lobbyists in an effort to guarantee a position with a company or even large amounts of income from delivering speeches after it leaves office. Speeches. So please keep in mind that these people care nothing about you and will go to great lengths to preserve their own power in their own interests. Another recent example of this is the Edward Snowden debacle. No. We saw how the government worked hand-in-hand hand with the party-controlled media to label Snowden as a traitor, traitor. and a liar, a liar in order to cover up the damning information that was revealed about the unconstitutional programs that the government was enforcing. We learned that the NSA was clearly violating the Fourth Amendment, but don't worry about that. Let's just worry about the fact that Edward Snowden is a traitor, right? Wrong. Edward Snowden was a legitimate whistleblower who was looking out for the best interest of the people, but that's a discussion for another time. So good libertarians know that we must limit the powers of the pigs that run our country because they are not using their powers to serve us, they are using their powers to only serve themselves. Let's move on to our final point. Foundation number three, free men existed before government. Before government was formed, only free men existed with the unlimited rights given to them by their creator. Oh. 
And according to social contract theory in Thomas Hobbes, men gave up some of these rights in order to establish peace and stability through the creation of, what? you guessed it, government. Oh. And that's what so many people fail to realize is the fact that the government only exists because men have allowed it to exist. Oh. The government does not grant people rights. People are born with God-given rights, and they have allowed some of these rights to be sacrificed for the greater good. However, our modern-day government loves to trick us into believing that they are the ones who have granted us these rights and privileges. Thank you. But libertarians understand that this is completely false, and it's just used to justify an overreaching and intrusive government. Most importantly, our libertarian founding fathers understood that our government needed to have laws and restrictions put in place to prevent it from becoming too intrusive of the God-given rights of the people. Thus, the Constitution was created in order to maintain this balance between an overbearing government and a dysfunctionally weak government. And this is a point that many libertarians find themselves disagreeing on how dysfunctionally weak our government should be. Some libertarians believe that the complete absence of government is the only real answer to achieving utopia, while others believe that the role of government should just be massively reduced. Regardless of this disagreement, all libertarians can agree on the point that our current size of government has become too intrusive and overbearing and therefore must be reduced. So whether it's social issues, fiscal policy, or foreign policy, I believe that most Americans can point out at least one area where government power should be reduced. And that in itself is libertarianism, reducing the size of government. Americans who are unfamiliar with this concept should at least be open-minded enough to listen to the arguments of libertarians who believe that our country should return to the policies that closer reflect the founding principles of our nation. Before we go, I would like to try to sell you something. So my wife and her sister hand make these incredible custom made wreaths and they sell them online on Etsy. They spend countless hours working on these things. So if you're interested in a custom made wreath or a thank you card, then you can visit Etsy.com and search for Kara's Lemonade. That's K-A-R-A-H-S lemonade on etsy all proceeds go to my seven month old baby so check it out and i'm greg stevens the libertarian millennial if you like the show then you can subscribe to it anywhere you find your podcast you can also read my blog posts at the libertarianmillennial.com and facebook.com slash the libertarian millennial and i think i'm on twitter too yes i'm on twitter as well all right i'll see you guys next week